0: You know what to do to support this podcast, I've mentioned it enough times, so please buy a copy of The Shadline Rises at Amazon, Apple, Barnes & Noble, Kobo, or in paperback. Chapter 3. Sweet as Seawater In the pre-dawn of early morning, a low fire snapped and popped in Kyla's strange new bedchamber. She had opened the window to allow the warm, tropical breeze to soothe her to sleep— But in the wake of the fell storm, the air held an icy chill. The winds had turned northerly, bringing a hint of winter to Garden Island, a land of tangled jungle and azure seas. Kyla could not believe the breeze was else but an omen. Black times to come. She slept on Annisforl's strange bed, which folded down from the wall. She'd been perplexed at the absence of any bed in his tower-top room, but her Mercus vision had shown her clever hinges concealed in a wall, which prompted the exploration that led to the discovery of a pull handle. The feather bed was a delight to her, one of the few delights she'd experienced in the days since her battle with Dun Eples, a battle that she had lost yet survived. And now the madman was in her power, which she supposed meant she'd been victorious. The window was still open— the fresh chill balancing the warmth of the fire. She had hoped it would help her sleep, but it had not, for her mind was troubled. She did not lie on the bed now, but instead folded her feet under her as she sat in one of the armchairs, eyes on the dancing flames, Knacks asleep on her lap. Her lock-picking kit lay open over the arm of the chair, the various picks and probes gleaming in the firelight. Each was nestled in a long, narrow pocket, the stitching certainly done by her father long ago. But one pocket was empty, for she held that tool in her hands. The shaft was a connected series of ever-smaller tubes. These pulled out from each other, forming an extensible rod. Mounted to the tip, a tiny mirror. It was for looking around corners, and if the angle was just right, It might be thrust under a door while the thief picked through a keyhole, allowing her to study a bit of the room she was about to break into. Kyla had never mastered that technique, but her brother, Wen, had said father was very skilled at it. She called upon her Mercus vision again, bringing the glows of metal into view. The shaft of the mirror tool shone with a pleasant gray-blue. For perhaps the hundredth time she brought the tiny mirror close to her nose and studied the gold script placed behind the silvering of the mirror, where only one with her particular mercus vision could see it. It read, "Open for Kill's daughter." The phrase had unlocked both this chamber's door and a strange destiny. Kill's daughter the phrase sounded like a reasonably good curse. The kind of thing you'd exclaim after encountering an especially churlish woman in cheapskate. Kill's daughter, that woman's got thorns for eyes. But when Kyla uttered the phrase, the door to this room had unlocked. The phrase was written where only she could find it, on a tool made by her father, which meant he'd known of her ability long before she'd awakened to it, just as he'd known her mother was the fabled water spirit. Semyon. How strange it was now to remember her mother, when all her life she had never thought of her. And when asked about her mother, she had been made sick with blinding headaches and nausea. All that was now past, thanks to Ennisforl. The strange wizard had been waiting for her here. He'd said he'd trained for years just to clear the occlusion that blinded her to her own memories. Kill's daughter and now, by virtue of wearing Annis garnet ring, she had become highest of kill. If she weren't so perplexed, she would have fallen into convulsions of snort laughs at the notion. As a lifelong skeptic about the very existence of the gods, Kyla found herself in an odd position, highest of kill, or to put it in other terms— Highest of the despised god. Highest of the father of hate. Highest of the king of the realms. It wasn't a post anyone with a lick of sense would want. Furthermore, she was the only member of the way of kill. Nax stirred, stretching a trembling forelimb. Her tongue curled as she yawned and rolled onto her back. Ali is here, Nax sent. What? Kyla scooped up Nax and stood. If Ali was here, so was Flaumashtak. She didn't smell the Domain's usual odor of burning hair. In the great hall, Nax said. No particular note of concern came through the bond. Nax had spent time with Flaumashtak after the Domain had taken her from the Hargath. She liked the Domain. Ali is annoyed. Flaumashtak is waiting for you. He warns that you are not to come down by the stairs." Did Ollie tell you all of that? No, Flammestack speaks to me. Can I trust him? Kyla couldn't believe she was asking such a question. The beast was a domain. It had killed Sen's Goulsoi, a novitiate, and who knew how many others. For cats, the notion of trust was both essential and vague. They were loyal to their bonded humans and to their litter mates. They could sense whether someone was an enemy or not but the concept of trust was too abstract to have much meaning. Nax merely answered with, I like him. Kyla tucked her mirror into its sleeve and rolled up the canvas. She set it next to her few other possessions, a hand mirror, a banknote, Quinn's blade, black, and another Shadline blade called Shinnane. She grabbed Kane and strapped the scabbard around her thigh. With a Mercus feet, She pulled heat from the flames, leaving only embers in the hearth. With another, she yanked the window closed and secured the latch. Are you coming? she sent to Nax. Of course. Together they stepped from the room and entered the decaying interior of the Tower of Kill's Keep. The door closed behind her and would only open for her. She'd had both Quinn and Henley speak the unlock phrase. It hadn't worked for them. Birds rustled in the rafters above her, and a draft curled down from a hole in the roof. Morning had broken, and a haze of light drifted in here and there. A winding stair descended into darkness, curving around a long empty drop. Far at the bottom, the great hall was a gray circle. No sign of the domain from here. Kyla closed her eyes and felt for Flammish Stack's spark. Nothing. There were other sparks in the tower, Henley was a few floors down, sensual Sly, emissary of Ori's Way, across from him. A newly arrived emissary, spinster Marina Fayolt, occupied a room a floor lower. Lower still was the former novitiate Penny, ten years old and now blind from a blow to the back of her head during the Eble's battle. Flammestack is impatient, Nack said. The cat conveyed her intention to be carried and Kyla opened her arms to receive the slim gray bundle. He says that since you mustn't take the stairs, it should take no time at all to get down there. No stairs. That meant the beast wanted her to jump. Kyla did not fear heights. Even now she stood with her bare toes jutting over the landing. The Way of Kill had not felt a need to install railings. But to simply jump would be idiotic. Despite her feat of hovering upon buffeting murcus winds when facing off against ebils, she did not have the first clue how she had done it. Or maybe he wanted her to dimence. That made more sense to her. She'd done it once before, in a moment of desperation. Since then she'd tried it a number of times. She knew the feat called for emotion, what Dunmarlow had referred to as the domenic senses. Urgency was surely a component, and determination. Those were easy feelings to notice when one is feeling them, but hard to bring into mind and body by choice. Hurry, Nax sent. He's going to leave. There was the urgency, sent by Nax. Apparently, the cat was eager to see the domain and didn't want to miss the chance. As for the rest of the feat, Kyla did what she always did she let fly. Mirka's power flowed through her, formed bolts, and most of it incoherent. A green fog formed around her feet. Nothing to get excited about. She'd gotten this far before. The haze had an eerie glow, and tendrils of it reached upward. She wanted to be standing in the great hall, next to the hearth. She pictured the destination. She was determined. Some of the haze went into her nose, and she began to cough and sneeze, losing all grip on the bolts she'd formed. The fog dissipated and faded. Nax let out three head-shaking cat sneezes, then meowed an official complaint. A rumbling laugh came next. Kyla wiped her eyes and turned to find Flamish Dax standing a dozen steps down the stairs. You truly have no idea what you're doing, do you? The black velvet sleeves of his rich robes were littered with stray bits of Ollie's long fur. Flamishdak stroked Ollie's head with a black-clawed forefinger. His fiery eyes narrowed slightly as he climbed the final steps on his ox-like hooves. Each step sent out a sharp report that echoed in the hollow of the tower. His mane of bluish-black hair was swept back, the ends wisping away into smoke. Not quite animal, but certainly not human, he was frightfully large. But what put Kyla more off than all that was his constant mien of self-satisfied amusement. The beast reached the landing and raised one of its brow ridges in a rather human way. Perhaps we go in? He offered Nax a formal bow, which irritated Kyla and pleased Nax to no end. Ollie hissed at Kyla and turned his head away. Please have Huffway Kenley, she sent. Tell him who's here. She had to hope Nax obeyed, for the cat was rubbing against Flaumashtack's shin. Strange creatures, all of them, Kyla decided, turning to her door. Open for Kill's daughter. The door released and the door swung in. The domain let out a delighted, booming laugh. I had not foreseen this strange turn, he said, still chuckling, Perhaps I should have paid more attention to the great strokes of luck that kept you from my grasp. Alas. Kyla entered. Get away from him, she sent. Nax ignored her. Would you believe I had never been here prior to your ascendance to highest? The beast said. All these ages, and I never had occasion. Why are you here now? she said. Why did you try to come to me in the manner I requested? Kyla eyed Shinnane, sitting on the side table with her other belongings. She wondered if its bone-chill curse would freeze this odious creature. You don't answer because you do not want to admit the truth, he said. You attempted to dimence because you remembered my words when we last met. You want my training. If your idea of training is to make me attempt things I don't know how to do, you're likely the worst teacher in all the realms of hell. If you knew how to do it, you would not need training. I merely sought a demonstration of your current abilities. What I felt when you were dancing with the madman, that was spectacular. I'm disappointed that something as trivial as Dimensing has eluded you so long. It all eludes me, she shouted. If it's the five senses, I can do it. If it's the higher senses, I have to be terrified or angry before I can do anything at all. The beast took hold of an armchair and pulled it close to the fire. He turned it so he could face her, then sat. There was no way his massive frame should have fit in it, but it did. For in the act of sitting, his stature decreased to accommodate the chair. Kyla discovered her mouth was quite dry. With her murkest touch, she lifted a goblet of water from a table and floated it to her hand. She never once took her eyes off Flamishdeck. Even as she sipped, she eyed him over the golden brim. Henley was coming. She felt his spark winding up the stairwell, running. Be gone, Domaine, she said. He looked taken aback. The smoky tendrils of his hair puffed a bit more vigorously. I don't think you understand, delicious one. You must be better prepared for what's to come. I feel a few sparks in this tower. By the time Dem Kisk comes, you will need many more than that. Open for Kill's daughter, Carlos said, just as Henley reached the landing. The door opened. He pushed through, breathless, face flushed red. Huff squeezed past him and leapt joyfully into Flaumashtack's lap. Henley's orange tabby sniffed Ollie's ear and allowed himself to get a chin scratch from the black domainic claw. Henley's face turned a deeper shade of crimson, eyes bulging at his cat. Ah, the boy is here, Flaumashtack said, twisting slightly to see. His chair groaned under the movement. We can begin. The murkish haze that surrounded someone with the spark shone brightly around Henley. He had a bolt prepared should he have discovered Flamishdak attacking Kyla. Kyla motioned him to join her, to avoid getting close to the domain. His ginger hair was flat on one side from his pillow, and his clothes had the disheveled look of having been thrown on. He had dispensed with the robes provided by the way of Paul and had secured garden-islander garb loose pants that ended mid-calf and a light linen shirt with a deep-scooped neck. He hadn't bothered with his shoes in his haste. Flamistak regarded them both solemnly. His eyes didn't have pupils so much as darkening at the center of the fire that illuminated his strange orbs. The Hargath gathers strength. What his aims are, I can only guess, but I know something he does not. The force of destiny guides him toward kill as surely as it does you. Where is he? Henley demanded. He and Kyla had vowed to kill the old seer. But their plans had stopped there, for they didn't know where he'd fled after Kyla had nearly killed him in Starside. The Hargath had dimensed away at the last moment, a skill they surmised Flamishdak had taught him. North, far north in the fastness of Serenhell, Kyla blinked. Serenhell is a real place? She had always assumed it was a storybook fortress. It's in the Hailshock Range, north of the Ractooths, Henley said, infested with Nozkin. Why would he go there? Safety. It was a delight to witness that altercation. You despise the old man, and it was glorious to behold— but you failed to kill him, and he retreated to where none can reach him save by dimensing or a long, long overland trek. Show me, Kyla said. Teach me nothing else but let me dimense to Serenhel. No. Henley was staring at her, agog with disbelief. You don't actually mean to train with this thing. Why won't you show me how, she demanded. Flamishdak uncurled a claw. "'Because you will kill yourself within minutes, and a fate will be sealed. "'I'm not sure I want that fate yet. "'I dimensed once and survived. "'I brought three people with me.' "'Truly?' Flamishdak leaned forward, gently cupping both cats to keep them from spilling from his lap. "'And had you previously been to the place to which you dimenced?' "'No.' "'Miraculous!' But let that be the first lesson in dimensing. You cannot safely dimense to a place you haven't placed your feet. Not with any expectation of surviving. But perhaps the Ash Barons don't count. You must have possessed a memory of it. That wasn't far from true. Though Kyla had never been to the Ash Barons, she had felt a strong sense of familiarity when she'd come here. But Flaumischdeck's revelation that dimensing was limited to where she'd been was a huge disappointment. She hadn't been anywhere except Starside, a ship called Seahound, and Garden Island. You said you'd never been in this room, yet you dimensed here the other day. He chuckled, a skin tingling growl that made the cat's ears perk up and Henley take a step backward. You misunderstand. The limitation I spoke of is for one of your kind, not mine. All realms are one for domain. Think of this world as an island, a very dangerous island for one of my kind. I come here under certain rules, admitted by one you call a domain, sir. But once permission is granted, I can move anywhere I wish, for I can see all. "'All places.' "'If so,' Henley said, "'what is the Hargath doing right at this moment?' "'I said I can see all places, not people. "'I see Sarenhel empty. "'I see the Citadel empty.' "'But you knew I was here,' Carla said. "'When one sparks so brightly upon the Mercosene, "'it is impossible to miss. "'But enough of these quibbles.' Shall we train? Kyla looked to Henley. He looked back. He licked his lips and tilted his head. Finally, he nodded. Huff says we should listen to him. Next, should I train with Flammish How else will you learn? Succinctly put, as far as Kyla could discern, she had already surpassed every Merculin on Garden Island, the supposed center of the Mercusine arts in the entire world. She'd already been peppered with questions about Mirka's healing by the way of Ori's best surviving healer, Sens Sly. That Kyla hadn't been able to answer how she did what she did was a source of frustration for both of them. Sly thought Kyla was lying, and Kyla thought Sly was willfully thick-headed. Well, Hen, a thief shouldn't be too proud to pluck a skillet from a generous hand if it be offered— Henley's cheapskate patois was stilted and painful, but he made an effort. If this Kilkiss and Oxhead knows a trick or two, I suppose you ought to listen to him. Excellent, flamestack said. I'll see you both at the so-called Garden Tower at midnight. Kills Fifth, of course. And then he was gone, a cloud of murkish green dissipating to reveal Knax and Huff sitting on the chair he had just vacated. Burn my arse! Henley said. That domain is right down... He spluttered before finishing. Domainic! Coming from Henley, this was quite a vicious insult. Kyla burst into laughter. Even her anger at Flamestack and his games couldn't spoil the fun of seeing Henley turn red in frustration. His hurt look sapped the humor from the moment. She bumped his shoulder with hers. I'm sorry, but did you hear yourself... His jaw bulged as he clenched his teeth. You called me Hen. You know I don't like that. Kyla pulled back, lips parting in surprise. She knew that he hated it, but in the moment it had seemed appropriate. Henley's grim look broke into a wicked smile. Got ya, highest. They shared a laugh and eventually wound up in the chairs, facing the cooling embers of Kyla's fire. In the quiet that followed, they petted their cats and fell into darker thoughts as the reality of their situation returned. Kyla looked at her friend, a boy who had once knocked her down and threatened her with a dagger. But he hadn't been able to stab her. That was Henley. I'm glad you're here, she said. I don't know what I would do without you and Quinn. I suspect you would wreak havoc one way or the other. A wry joke with no smile. The calm sadness that he carried made him seem much older than he was. How old are you, Henley? Almost sixteen. You? He was looking at her, eyes suddenly intense. At least sixteen, but maybe older. I don't know when I was born exactly. Quinn is nineteen, I think. Jean was eighteen. Kyla had no response to that bit of information. She'd not known much about the boy who'd shared the prince's ward at Ori's home with them. He had been a blademaster. He had been her first kiss. And then he'd fled the island, horrified by what Kyla was. She felt foolish to have become so attached so quickly. Shaking her head to shed thoughts of him, she brought her attention to what was important. The ways on this island are pretending to take my title as highest of kill seriously, but that is only because they saw what I did to Dunnepels. There is no way of kill, and I care nothing about it. The only thing I care about is finding the Hargath and ending him. Sarenhel is thousands of miles away, first by sea, and then by land, through lands and realms I know little about. So we start by sea. We'll board the first ship to come here, I have gold now, over 3,000 gold ravens. Quinn is itchier than a mange-hided mongrel to get off this island. That's not why she's itchy, Henley said, casting an eye to the side table where Black rested. Quinn had surrendered her shadline blade because she couldn't master its constant compulsion toward violence. But I agree she'll go. She never wanted to come here in the first place, or so she tells me several times every day. So you're talking several times a day, eh? Kyla flashed her brows at him. It's not like that. Besides, her heart is elsewhere. With Fallow, as strange as it was, a lovely radiant daughter had fallen for the villainous-looking, disinherited Terracide merchant's son. I wonder where Fallow is now, she said. Probably in trouble. As true as that, Henley said. There was a glimmer in his eyes. He truly missed his best friend. As true as that, she answered. Then it's settled. We'll arrange passage off this island and make our way north. The cats will tell us if Fallow is near enough to track down. I hadn't thought of that. It would be good to see him again. But I doubt the shadline cloak that Quinn told me about will be eager to let Fallow join us on a trek toward certain death. Kyla respected the cloak, but she didn't fear him. Blades were crude weapons, even magical ones. She could immolate the man before he got his own flaming sword from its scabbard. Not that she wanted to. I think we should meet our smoke-haired friend tonight. Maybe he will teach us something useful. Henley shrugged and sighed. What do you think about his prophecy? That either you or the Hargath will bring kill into this world? I think the words of a domain are as straight as knitted yarn. Have a care when we see him. Do not make anything that could be interpreted as an agreement with him. Nax stood abruptly, claws digging into Kyla's thighs. What is it? Huff was doing the same. Both cats were looking north and west. It's Startle. He's... he's bonded someone. Henley met her gaze, having heard the same from Huff. Who did he bond? Kyla sent. Startle was the fifth of Nax's surviving littermates, a near-twin of Lop except for having white blotches on his fuzzy black fur. Kyla had named the cat for the constantly surprised look the white markings around its eyes gave it. I don't know, Nax sent. Then both cats relaxed as if nothing had happened. Henley stood, holding Huff. I'll meet you later. I'm going to eat some breakfast before exploring the keep, I found a staircase leading to what appears to be a basement area. Want to join me? The emissaries. She couldn't help keep the glum dread from her voice. Even now, she could feel the first one's approaching spark. Maybe I'll catch up later. These women are as sticky as honey and sweet as seawater. Henley made a sympathetic face, but he didn't offer to stay. It was too late for Kyla to mask her Mercus and pretend she wasn't home— Since there was nothing else to be done without further alienating the other ways, Kyla steeled herself and prepared for battle.